0: All right, bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings from the Prophet, peace be upon him. And what surah are we covering? Surah um, al hujurat al hujurat Okay, hey, very nice. Right. The floor is yours.
1: Awesome. Okay, so I started um, reading the translation. And so far, I believe I have got to half of the surah. And um, yeah, so I'll just start here. So, for the first ayat, um, I was reading the translation for it. And essentially, what it was saying was basically, um, when, like, don't go don't go don't go in front or ahead of the prophet or even at his um, mausoleum so basically like this applies to like a couple different facets it basically said don't overtake him while walking don't eat before him don't raise your voice over him and if you do do one of these things it can like nullify your good deeds which is you know not good and but the thing is they also stipulated that you can sometimes do these if specified otherwise. So, if the Prophet said something, so, 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 like, go ahead of me or like eat or something, then it's okay. And this also applied to, like, just like more knowledgeable, like, Islamic, um, like, spiritual guides and teachers and stuff. So, treat them with a similar respect. So, like, I guess if I was like with you in person, you know, I would show you a similar sort of respect um, in practice. And, this even applied to like the words of the prophet. So if you were listening to something he said or something, you know, you should, or if something's being recited, you should listen um, with respect. And I guess this is just kind of like the overall theme. Like if there's anything like related to the prophet or like um, some spiritual leader you have in your own life to show them respect and stuff. And if you don't, um, there will be like, it's a sin not to essentially. And yeah and it was also saying that like you lose the aid of repentance if you do this and the capacity to form righteous work so yeah that's really not a good thing to do <laughs> and i did have one question though what if you were in the situation where you like committed an act like this like out of ignorance of this whole idea like yes. what if like you were hearing like some sort of like someone was talking about like a son of the prophets and like you were just like not paying attention and like talking over it and like, you know, just being completely ignorant to it. So what would happen in that case?
0: Yeah, I mean, so you don't know that you're doing something wrong. And um, depending on the context and other people probably correct you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it would be, you have the, for lack of a better term, the privilege of of pleading ignorance and such. Right. I mean, what we're establishing here, which you pointed out is sort of a disposition we should have to the prophet peace be upon him. In every respect. So the most obvious is you can't override his teachings. But then even in terms of the way, like in in namaz and salah, like if you're going to ruku or such or something, you got to wait until the imam has gone into the position. You know, usually if there's a big crowd, you can't see. But if you're right next to the imam, his head should touch first before yours. Hmm. You know, and he should stand up before you stand up. And, and so likewise you don't show your back to the prophet and such and, right. and so this is a good lesson on, on manners but if you don't know you don't know
1: hmm. gotcha and so moving on from there um that makes perfect sense so going on to the iOTS four through five um those are basically talking about how when the prophet ﷺ is home it basically said do not call him from outside with an unmannered attitude and an interesting thing that i saw written there was the word hujarat that translates to apartments and they were also talking about how each of the prophet's nine wives had an apartment and the context for where this verse was revealed it was where um one of the bedouins which I believe like from your class, we were talking about this, those were like just the nomadic like people of the time. And they were calling him from outside of his home. And then this is when the verse was revealed. And I guess this also just ties to the whole idea of respect and um, you know, having proper manners because it also said like, say you were waiting outside of the prophet's house for him to leave, or like you wanted to speak to him or something if he leaves his home for a reason that is not to speak to you, like that would still not be considered an appropriate time. So I guess it's like the whole idea of, you know, having respect and like waiting for when there's the right time to do something. And yeah, yet- exactly.
0: And like when you're thinking of the Bedouins, think of like kind of how we might think of, of the hillbillies or something. Mm-hmm. And, and so the Bedouins were looked at these people that, you know, they're really, really rough, really abrasive. Or the way you might think of people of the mountains, mm. and so the people of the city are often very, very refined and soft. Right. And so for them, they'll be like you know they'll shout for, for attention, and they seem very, very gruff. Mm. And so, so a lot of this surah uh, is contrasting proper behavior with the behavior of of the Bedouins.
1: Mm. Okay, I see. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I was picking up on that theme also, the idea of good manners and behaviors. And going on to the next, I, um, it basically was talking about if there is a corrupt or a sinful person and they complain about another person or accuse them of wrongdoing, it is not lawful to act upon the sole information or evidence of such a person without making it through investigation. And it's confirmed from independent sources. So basically if there's like a person that does not have the best reputation and they're telling you something about someone else, don't necessarily immediately take their word for it until it's been confirmed or something this, like that
0: this is literally in our era one of the most important of all the points
1: yeah definitely the whole idea of fake news and all of that was, this is very 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 applicable and it also brought up um the, the companions of the Prophet. and they were talking about how even they are like you know prone to sins and stuff but then it also talked about how sharia is in their nature so they do do one of these sins it's very rare for them to do this and if they do do it they always repent and they do not repeat the sin so i guess that's also kind of like a model for like us to live our lives you know repent for our sins and you know try our best to follow the sunnah and um and, and it's just the idea of like how important repenting is because like the good deeds can erase bad deeds and if you repent it's like you never even committed the bad deeds in the first place obviously with like genuine intentions
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a a small side point. This is the difference between um, what we would call uh, istighfar versus afya. And so the first one, when you're generally seeking forgiveness, you're basically uh, asking to not be held to account for it on the day of judgment. Okay. Afya is basically asking for it to be as though you never even did it and and so it's a subtle difference that can be significant at times the idea with the second one is even if it's even it's after effects so to speak get erased because sometimes you might do something wrong uh okay let's say you you commit a murder getting forgiven doesn't bring the person back to life
1: Mm.
0: apia is also not going to bring them back to life obviously but it's sort of like the effect you're seeking is as though you've never done it
1: Okay, I see. So when you're repenting, which one would you be trying to seek?
0: So, so you can do both, but what you're going to see when Laylatul Qadr is coming, so Ramadan's about two months away, mm-hmm. uh, specifically when Laylatul Qadr is coming, you're going to see everyone's going to be posting the same dua, which is basically, you know, Allah, you love, you know, afoon, or you are the one who gives afya. you're the one who is afu, mm-hmm. and you love to give afu. And so, for Anna, so then give us, you know, this this clear slate. You'll see that I'll get posted left and right when the live is coming?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I do recognize the word of yeah, but yeah, okay, that makes sense. And yeah. um, this is just kind of like a general question, I guess. Is there like is one better than the other per se? Like,
0: yeah, I mean, it's more. I mean, it seems like afia might be better, but it's uh, a way to think about this is that you have a limited uh, amount of time in this mm-hmm. world in a given day, in a given moment. And you have, you know, 10, 20, 100 options um, good practices to do. Mm-hmm. And and so even something uh, seemingly small, like what do you recite after you say your salams and salah and namaz? You could say, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. You could say, ayat kursi You could say, Allahumma anta salam aminkas-salam, tabaratiya, v'al-chilayil wa l-ikram. You could say, surah ikhlas. You could say all of them. Mm. Like, you could literally say everything that is prescribed, and that would take you an hour. Mm. So, the way you think about this is that Allah Ta'ala is giving you like 10, 20, 50, 100 different doors of good deeds. So, pick one, pick two, pick a couple.
1: Mm. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And so moving on from there, um, the next ayah seven through eight. Um yeah, and I guess this this also is also tying to the idea of like, you know, respecting the prophet, because it said that the the ayah essentially translated to if the prophets or not, not what it translated to, but the meaning was if the prophets were to follow your opinion in any matters or matters, uh, you will suffer loss and fall into difficulties. Because the idea is you should be following the prophet because you know Allah has granted him certain insights that we don't have so like just the idea of us or him following us is you know I, I don't know if this is the right word to say but I feel like it's backwards like that's not that's not how it should be happening it's a little and, backwards uh, yeah and it was also be talking about how even like um, say say you were following the prophet but like it did not lead to like the most worldly gain it w- they were saying that in comparison obedience to the prophet outweighs any sort of potential worldly loss so, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I mean, so that's basically Textbook Islam 101 in our tradition. Mm-hmm. But in terms of our general American culture, it's kind of repulsive. It's prickly yeah. that you're taking this this man, especially this man from 1,400 years ago. Yeah. And you're giving that level of authority over yourself. Yeah. It's simple here.
1: Yeah, and we were also talking about, I remember in class, you were talking about the the sciences of the hadith literature and like you know just to think about how much like or how much people respected the actions and the words of the prophet yet in this sort of a situation you know you you wouldn't be so i guess that's exactly what you were um saying and going to ayahs 9 and 10 um yeah i did not have the most for this but um basically what i gather from here it's that Basically, you should try to prohibit any acts that would either annoy or hurt the profit and uh, prohibit actions that would inconvenience members of society in any way. And I guess this is um, you know, going with the same theme here, having good manners and attitudes. And um, it did specify three types of conflict, but I wanted to ask, did you, or was there anything more to add from these two? No,
0: yeah, I mean, that's good. Sure.
1: Okay. And um, I have 11. Um, this was the last one I actually got to. Um, and it was basically saying, even if you're like talking to friends or like, you know, anybody or family, like don't mock them or call names to them. Um, or like don't have any malicious intent when you're doing this type of stuff. And it also said, if you do find yourself doing that, always repent. Because, you know, as we said, good deeds um, can erase bad deeds. And with the repentance, um, uh, you know, you should try to seek Istighfar or
0: afiya. And yeah, that's about as far as I got. Okay. I mean, and also like the the interesting thing is that in, in Desi culture, and I think it's also Chicago culture, that when you like someone, you actually start insulting them more. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I don't know why that is. I mean, it's <laughs> my personality that, yeah, if I like someone, I'm going to rip on them even more right. and be them more. And because of of this ayah, especially as of late, I've been much more conscious about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and going off that, I read something. I don't know if this was a sunnah or like, you know, I don't don't know where this originated from, but I read something that like even like playful joking, like as you said, is kind of like not the best thing to do. But I was kind of wondering, like if your intention isn't bad when you're doing it, like it's not to like actually hurt the person or anything. Why is that
0: as bad as it is? Well, I would say if it's understood both from the speaker and the receiver and the listeners, I should say, all three, Uh that it's actually done in friendliness and affection, then it's fine. Okay. But suppose one of the three don't understand that. Sure. You know, like that's something I had to be cautious of with incoming first years who aren't ready for my style of humor. (laughs) and So they might be uh, too sensitive about it yeah because they don't know that i'm just being friendly okay i understand
1: i understand and i feel like the same applies to just like meeting new people in general like being cognizant and
0: yeah yeah are they going to understand that you're joking okay and are they understand that your jokes are actually a gesture of friendship not an insult gotcha gotcha okay if everybody understands and it's part of your your discourse then it's all it's fine
1: okay well said that was good okay yeah, I actually had a
0: question about that for a while, but, um, <laughs> cause I do do that a lot, so. Yeah, I think it's very much part of our, our culture. Mm-hmm. And there's even, you know, there's even like uh, nicer ways to rib people, to, to troll people. Yeah. So there's really biting ways to troll, but there are also nice, funny ways, you know? Yeah. Like there's a very famous story of uh, this guy who uh, he would get drunk, and when he'd get drunk, he just start singing. In the village, and you know he'd be singing about like his broken heart or something. Mm-hmm. And and I think his neighbor—I uh, guess the details of the stories are not important. but His neighbor, I think, is Abu Hanifa, big big scholar, right? Who then would go to to free him from from prison to bail him out? And the guy isn't singing anymore, and he's probably so embarrassed. Okay, Abu Hanifa is, is is bailing me out of prison. Mm-hmm. Abu Hanifa's like, you don't have any more songs, you know. <laughs> oh my god so it's like a, a friendly a friendly teasing yeah 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 okay
1: no that makes sense that was a good way to contextualize it um yeah and so for next time inshallah um i'm planning on finishing this surah and i'm really 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 trying to be more productive than i am right now so if i That's do fine. um you know inshallah have the time to read more where do you suggest i uh
0: let's see um uh,
1: you can go right to the next surah surah fifty.
0: Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Any other questions? Um, yeah. So going back to the idea of the like the thing I was talking about, my brother, um, the tutor. Oh, let me uh interrupt you to be like...